Welcome back to another episode, our third episode of Don't Sweat the Technique with myself, Joel White, and Safian Alhassan, and we finally got this one to work after, what, four hours? Three hours? Yeah, I mean... It's working, though. This is beautiful. It is. I can hear it. It sounds crisp and clear. Yep. Shout out to Hubie for the mixer. Yes. um, A colleague of ours lent us a SoundCloud, our SoundCraft mixer with uh, some mic stands that are not on a table and uh, another Shure SM58. So we have three now. I should say this before we do that. The first time we recorded a podcast, we used a, what was Uh, that? Plantronics headset. Plantronics headset with the mic just tilted up in in a room. And it was our echo-y first, room. yeah, it was an echoey room and it was our first podcast and we had uh, a gentleman on the show and it was really, really, really interesting. It was great stuff, but we'll never post it because the sound quality was kife. Couldn't hear like anything. Well, you, you could hear you because you can- you're loud. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but now I've got a mic that where you're actually audible. So yeah. anyways, this gentleman... Uh, we work with him. He just happened to be here when we walked into the building and just asked him, hey, you want to be on a podcast? And he was like, all right. <laughs> um, and it was a really great show. And um, we're happy to redo this. We're not going to talk about any of the same things. Lying. Why you always lying? But my, our, our first guest is, is Edwin. And I don't know how to pronounce his last <laughs> name, nor did I even know it up until an hour ago. Yeah, everybody always confuses my last name. They always go Barahona, Barahona. I get Barracuda every once in a while. I'm like, nowhere close. Nowhere close to being my last name. What is it? It's Well, like if you actually say it the way it's supposed to sound out, it's Barahona. Like, Barahona. Yeah, but I can't roll my R, so I have to like fake it along the way. I thought it was Encarnacion. Encarnacion. Oh man, I wish. It's the only reason why I got famous, my name, and I'm like, ah, somebody else, the different last name got my name famous. Thank you guys for having me on this, man. I think this rig is way better than having, what is it, one headset in the middle of a room with all the echoing that happened? It sounded terrible. And I I think that's like, because we're we're learning, we're learning as we go, we're trying to figure stuff out, and... You know, last week we had sound issues where anytime someone moved uh, on the, you'd hear, because the mics were on stands on the table, it just, it just didn't work out. Just, oh, so you guys didn't uh, even have these setups at all? They were just like a standalone mic, like kind of like on a tripod? No, uh, they were mic stand. stands. It was like it was, a, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. But um, it just We only had two up. of these mics. Yeah, they feel professional. I can move this up and down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, I it's like, like it. a real thing. And, and. And so, so, so fun. I had to share a mic. Oh, that's nasty. Um, but yeah, so, so welcome back. There's a few things that we talked about on the first podcast, and I really feel that I want to re, re uh, reinvestigate those. But, uh, if you guys are okay with it, was very familiar with Industry 4.0. I like to think that I've, I've done a lot of research around it. I know what I'm talking about, but, uh, you mentioned something on our last podcast that I had never heard of, which was which was banking 4.0. Yeah, so that was honestly it blew me by surprise or caught me off surprise or I don't know. I'm on, I'm on the spot, I'm a little nervous now. Uh. No, but um, caught me off guard because I was doing some research um, working uh, in the banking and finance industry with IT, 
and banking 4.0 is the newest craze. Um, literally, what they've done is there's four different, I guess, iterations of banking. The first one was your average, you went to the teller, right? So there was only one way to communicate um, yourself with you and the bank. So you had a little children. bank book too. Yeah, you had a little bank yeah. book, right? Everyone remembers that I printed it all off yeah. on that old school printer that I didn't have that. to update it. Banking 2.0 was could we create ATMs, right? So how do how do we share our reach, um, express our utility to our clients, and also build trust? Saying that you don't have to go to the brick and mortar, you can now go to an ATM. Banking 2.0. Nobody thought that that was going to be the biggest, latest craze. They thought that it was going to take over jobs, and it didn't. Banking 3.0, you have it on your phone right now. It's your accessibility to have access to your funds immediately. You can use Apple Pay now. Um, you can check your bank deposits. You have your, uh, even like your direct deposit slips are on there. Take a look at your savings account, your credit cards also. It's, it's, it's leveraged that uh, that far enough with technology to say this is 3.0. So what is 4.0? This is, this, that's where uh, yeah. you see first world problems when you go to a vendor and you're buying your stuff and you're like, Ugh, you don't have tap. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, man, now I gotta press five buttons. Yeah. Versus just the tap. So then basically the phone became the bank book. hundred percent. And and, and that's more. Yeah. What, what banks looked at it is there's I guess in Canada there's five major banks, right? That we have. In the United States, it's completely different. You have thousands of banks competing for market share for clients. So for them, they're really trying to pivot. And how they pivot is by having these different iterations within technology. So 3.0 was, do we go mobile? Can we have that accessibility for our clients? So this is credit unions to retail banks, commercial lending banks, like you name it. They started changing along the way to show that they can share what they have as a bank is unique, not only for yourself, but it's on your phone. Like, could you imagine like signing up for a new bank in Canada and they don't have a mobile app, it's like, no, yeah. it's not happening. It blew like, my mind. It's got to be, it, it's got to be super, super competitive using technology in, in banking in the, in the States then. Cause if that credit union or that has the mobile app and my bank doesn't, mm -hmm. that's the difference between a customer or not. Yeah. I mean, you'll always have your really, really loyal customers that are, still coming into the bank and trying to use a bank book. Like, I've been banking with this place for 80 years. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool, yeah. <laughs> you can have it on your phone now. You're totally fine. Well, the, come with this one. The other crazy thing is, too, is uh, they just got, like, chip cards in the U.S. not too long ago. We've had them here, I feel like, forever. Yeah, well, London's also a, a testing yeah. ground for every single yeah. technology that comes out is usually tested here first. I think... I don't know what because we have nothing else. I don't know. What yeah. No, there's actually something. Demographics. There's a, yeah, it's the demographics. It's a, mm. what London has the perfect ratio of the um, country's demographic. Yeah. So it's a perfect mix of everybody. So you can test something within here, which is why IKEA piloted their um, shipping. Um, yeah, their shipping thing. container because it's you right used off that? the 401. Hmm? Have you used that yet? Oh no, yep. they have their top 100s. I haven't I used it yet. I don't know why I haven't used it. My uh, I I didn't use it personally, but my grandma ordered a whole bunch of like her furniture and then just picked it up from there and i had to build it i still don't understand. they were thinking of building one at one point i just don't understand why like you you're talking about a, a city that's main population is students and there's new ones every year and what is what's students where do students buy their furniture from is ikea so like why not build one here you've got a new income source coming in every year. Well, they, and what do you do when you move yeah. out of uh, your apartment in <laughs> in uh, university? You throw everything on the front lawn. Like at least that's what it seems like they're doing. Yeah, I think they keep 
like a certain like top 100 items in that place like really small things like not furniture mm. plates dishes um, forks knives all that kind of stuff but anything that's you have to build you order it it gets shipped there and then you just pick it up within a couple of days but that's that's how everything's going now and we'll now we're moving on to retail yeah where you have to have to be alive to survive in the retail space you have to have an omni-channel presence which is you know oh well hitting the mics over here gotta watch your hands but um you have to have the ability to have an online presence and a brick and mortar and they have to interact and it has to be seamless for your customers so like you know walking into a store you always this always happens someone uh, of my you know size six foot Ten and a half shoe. Well, guess what? So is a lot of other people, and they never have my size in, and, yep. and then you you get pissed off. But you, I, on the other side, I can't buy jeans on like online because I don't know if they're gonna fit or not or what. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the the ability to um to like go in the store. Okay, I like those pants. They fit they fit nice, but I want them in this size or this color and then pressing a the button they come the next day. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's where you see technology helps organizations pivot, right? And so how do you pivot within banking? Right? If we go back to the to the topic at hand is how does banking change? And how does it reach new audiences that that aren't willing to change? Because there's a lot of people who still bank the classic ways like we brought up that have their old bank books. They still issue them. And even paper now, they say, well, you, you can pay the fee to have a paper book now or even a paper statement yeah. because there's some people that are still set in their ways. So this is where banking 4.0 changed a lot of, uh, a lot, pretty much changed the mentality behind utility and trust to a client. So what they did was, um, it's Wells Fargo, genius idea. What they took was a bridge of AI and Facebook Messenger to have a platform on your mobile device where now you can communicate with somebody using chatbots and um, AI algorithms so that you can pretend you're talking to somebody and it will know based on these algorithms and the two-factor authentication to say, now I can do my banking. So if I say I wanna deposit this amount in my account, how do I do that? Someone comes up as a customer rep in a messenger chat with you and they're able to do that. Brand new stuff. This is something that AI and uh, Facebook messengers got together with, um, sorry, Wells Fargo and their, and their IT team um, using AI did a joint venture with Facebook to do that. And then you ask yourself, where does the reach continue? Have this, um, this one particular client, it's uh, ICMARC. Um, their particular demographic is going to be retirees. Retirees right now, they're, they're at the stage of the boomers who don't have the accessibility to get into the store anymore. They can use Alexa now. So they made this partnership with Alexa to say these are a list of commands that you can now do in your device. You can speak well, to hold Alexa. Hold on, hold on, <laughs> right? Okay, because I wanted to talk about this too, and I, and you know me, I'm always going to steer it to some other weird direction. But on the way here, I wanted to call my friend Shannon Kenny. Okay, that's not a hard name to pronounce. I'm very clear when I speak, as you can tell, uh, and I'm like, <laughs> so it, it's. The I won't name the the the, the car manufacturer, but their uh, integration's <laughs> terrible, and so if you have the same type yep. of problems. But I was like, call Shannon Kenny, and literally it, it, it listed four people, not even close, like not even close. Tim Christensen, I'm like what? What <laughs> did I didn't even call her? I just gave up. 
So I wonder, <laughs> transfer 200 into savings. And it's like, do you want to eat burgers? Like, <laughs> and I don't know. I think that would be scary. Well, to no? be honest, I think that technology now has come a long way since our cars are manufactured. And even mine is only like what, four four years old. Um, yeah, this is a 2014 and it's yeah. bad. But yeah, like, mine's one year. And my it still car, was kind of iffy. My car, the Honda or the Hyundai Santa Fe, perfect every time. It mispronounced some stuff. Yeah. Right. My best friend's name is John Eisted. And every it was like, calling, John is dead. And I'm like, well, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. This is news to me. Yeah. You know what, though? I think that's the, the important part is where. They specifically said these are these, I think, six or seven commands that Alexa will do for you now. But this is opening up the door to say what else could voice commands do? You know what I mean, even with banking, something that you I don't know about yourself, but like you trust your banking. You know what I mean? There, there's a certain level of connection that you have to have being like, this is my bank. You take care of my money. And no. now you're saying I can – well, yeah, to an extent. Yeah, <laughs> 2008, let's not put that up. Because <laughs> it's not safe to throw it under a mattress. Yeah. But I don't like any of them. But okay, go on. But you know what though? Like now, now you're saying I can communicate to you as if you're no longer there anymore. You, I don't have to go to a brick-and-mortar store and I can communicate via Alexa to do basic transactions. For me and somebody who's just like they're, they're – they're, I don't know. You're looking at your parents now or your grandparents who can't have access, who do not have the accessibility, get to a branch, but they have to make deposits. They want to check on these things. they got to send me my birthday money. Yeah, I know, right? Your grandma, <laughs> you're past due three years. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, I need that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, right, but like it's, it, it opens up a new channel. And this is 4.0. This is the direction that they're trying to take. And they, and they really had this cool uh, keynote presentation on what is the bridge between utility and trust. And this is what they've developed. AI and Facebook Messenger. How, do, how, how does trust fit in that when you, yeah. when you add Facebook? So, uh, <laughs> oh man. Well, or I even know, Alexa. I don't know or... if you want to go down that route, but like, how is, does Alexa know that my kids are taking money out of my account? Does it, like, how, how does that security aspect work? How do I know? How do, there could be someone standing there next to me with a gun to my head and telling me to, to transfer all this money. That's privacy, though. That's that's the terrifying about it. It is privacy because even on my phone, like I have an Apple, right? iPhone. I say Siri, it knows, it listens, it knows my voice. But someone could pick, pick up my voice, record it, put it off. Like it's yeah. it gets very yeah. tricky when you start getting into that space. It's now privacy issues. It's now security flaws. I could right? probably like do a bunch of different accents and make <laughs> money off this. Oh, totally. Yeah, fam, for real. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I think. The other problem is you'd have to also connect those services to your bank. So now, I mean, I don't know if you know much about how much AWS controls the internet and, you know, everything, everything. through Amazon. Just to connect that to my personal bank account just seems, I, I'm a little more paranoid, I guess. I, I would I never put one of those devices. Uh, yeah. And that, by the way, my phone that was buzzing was was ron craig nice. <laughs> but, but like for me and when i think we've talked about this before on the podcast is like i'll i'll never have one of those in my house alexa never. google home never that. and my girlfriend got one for free of course they're giving them out for free because they want to listen to your stuff but and uh it's never it hasn't been plugged in since i told her never to plug it in again now do you have the voice thing on your siri on never good like i don't I have fingers still. I can still see the screen. I might as well. That's to Just me. I don't know. It's a millennial thing. Yeah. Where 
Yeah, He's, I don't know. I have never found them very useful. Even if my car thing doesn't work, I still won't enable the Google one or whatever. It yeah. just, I don't know. I feel like I speak very clearly. Maybe I'm misunderstanding myself, but... Well, a very, very heavy, uh, heavy divertation tonight. We had a very Darrison bite. Let's go to Darrison for the bit. They had the pet. It never understands what I'm saying. The problem with the one that we have is you have to talk like a robot. Whereas some of the newer cars and newer technology, you can just talk like a person. The one that we have is you have to basically follow how it takes the input. Yes. Whereas now the newer technology is, is moving towards what is a human input look like and let's map that around you know, our, our technology. So I'm looking for one that knows Toronto slang. <laughs> and like just like it just gets it you know like yeah. hey uh siri call that man them you know the man <laughs> them in the yardy boys you know something like that <laughs> come on are you dumb are you dumb something like that i think that would be better no siri got mad at me one time so this she is yells she, at you no this was last thanksgiving i'm a huge i'm notoriously known for making pies i love making pies from scratch and I had flour over my hand. And I was like, you know what? I really want to listen to music. So I said, hey, Siri, make yourself useful and throw up some music on. And, oh, Siri goes on right now. <laughs> ah, he's got it on. Yeah, oh, Siri just totally on right I'm now. sure everyone else is listening probably had that come on too. Siri, make yourself useful and talk to music on Okay, well. Okay, so I bet you she didn't get that. Yeah. You so should have held that up to the mic. Yeah, so, um, I, so I said that to Siri. And it was just a one-word response. And it said, okay. And later on down the day, I'm like, that was a little bit weird. That was a weird interaction with me and Siri. I'm like, all right. So I touched base and I was like, hey, Siri, is everything fine? And she's like, yep. Why would there be a problem? And I'm like, uh. Yo, did you think she was mad at you? I thought she was mad at me. I'm like, Siri, are you, are you mad at me? I shit you not. Siri came back and like, there's no reason to be mad at you. I'm like, well, I, I, like, I, I thought you were upset. And she's like, there's not a problem. Oh my and I, I swear, my sister was there with me and we were driving. She's like, yo, like your Bluetooth is mad at you. <laughs> like, Siri's mad, bro. She's, she's definitely like, you know, we've all, sorry to, to our female listeners, but you know, you're like, is everything okay? And they're like, yep, I'm fine. And you're like, uh, but hey, seriously, you sure. seem like kind of mad. No, I'm fine. And then they wait and then it just blows up. Yeah. It blows up. So I think that you and Siri have... Relationship I'm, I'm actually you, glad man. that your your girl didn't come tonight because yeah. it could have been a, a little bit of a, a fight here. Oh man, because you're Siri? Che- you're cheating with Siri. Oh, I cheated Siri to a, a nice Australian accent. I'm like, all right, Siri's gonna, oh, yeah, man. we're gonna class her up a bit. Know oh, what I mean? Boy. G'day, mate. Yeah, no, it's a female female Australian. How you going? Yeah, she's wonderful. Yeah, like, all right, Siri. How you going, Kaba? So you, you use that feature a lot or just a little bit? Um, I use Siri fairly often. It's one of those things where I'm in the shower and I have music playing and I'm like, change song or do something. No, it's mainly like if I'm in a routine, I'm doing something and I can't use my hands to, um, to, to access my phone, I'll call it for Siri. Wow. And it's at first I wasn't used to it, but there's a lot of utility behind it and you get to interact with an interface and it learns so much about you, your speech patterns. And I'm just taking a look at if this is pre-installed iOS Know what I mean? It's pre-installed onto my phone with with updates every once in a while. There's something in there that's constantly running to saying, "Hey, learn this person's pattern," right? Because yeah, you have to that's speak why to... I'm like not using it. But it's neat, though. It, it is, is neat. So sure, neat. it is. But where where are they doing with that information? You know, well, the, I'm not sure if you heard about the whole human listening to or the monitoring of certain snippets. Um, I posted about it a couple of times, um, which it wasn't really told to people that 
human people will be or human people <laughs> humans would be listening to certain snippets of audio to make sure that when you said you know siri or google or whatever um and you set a command that it was replying correctly um so what was happening was it would take certain snippets they said they removed any kind of um identifier so they don't know who it came from yeah um, but they okay. were able to hear like a lot of you know confidential conversations so if you're at the doctor when it uh, you know it turned on for some reason we all know it randomly comes on like it just did um and it would hear a conversation between you and your doctor or you know i guess one was where it was <laughs> it an actual would just be you, you gotta start uh exercising a little bit more and maybe <laughs> ease up on the cinnamon buns so i'm, I'm okay with that conversation yeah. it's more about what if I'm well? It heard what crime if I'm, stuff. It heard people doing what they thought was a drug deal. Um, certain situations between you know partners and like it just imagine it's being that person that has to listen to all this stuff, and that's that's your job. That's and wild. people were having Is issues. That your, that's what they're doing. They're listening to it and then saying, "Okay, we need to alter this code, that, that code, because she's not understanding yeah. that um, you know ride out is pronounced ride out and not what is it." Yes. Okay. And the other problem, too, is what people were freaking out about was, yes, some people were like, okay, it's fine. It's Facebook. Or let's say it's you know Apple. It's going to Apple. That's fine. Meanwhile, this was actually going to a third-party company that those big companies hired to listen on those and then provide feedback to the company that's actually offering that service. So not only were you not told this was happening, it was given to another company who then – sifted through all that data and cleaned it up and sent it back to the parent company. So I don't know. To me, that's just another reason. It's a transfer for me responsibility. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. so there's, there's, oh. there's a certain level of contract that you get in. So let's say you are a vendor, you know what I mean? And you're the vendor I'm dealing with. And if I'm transferring a certain level of responsibility that my data is safe with you. And if you're then taking that data and giving it to Joel, who's vendor X, you weren't even told about it, and I wasn't even told about it. There's you know a certain... I'm going to do something with it that yeah. I shouldn't be doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like that—that's—that's that's where things start getting tricky along the way. Um, I'm a huge uh, Joe Rogan fan, and when he had Snowden on, Snowden brought up the craziest thing, which was how do you know your cell phone's really off? Yeah, and I was I, like, what? That's what I'm telling you. It isn't yeah. ever. He's no. like, unless that battery is dead. You know what I mean? It is because yeah, now you can't even take the battery out. Yeah. Okay, so here's here's this gets crazy. So. Uh, Omron, um, who's on my team, I sent him to New York for a conference and one of the keynote speakers was talking about, you don't need to say it. You need, if you think it, it's going to know. And Omron being, being uh, you know, he's, a, he's our consult, uh, consultant now, but he, he always questions things. He was like, yeah, right. And he goes back to the hotel room and he's like, oh, I wonder if New York water, like tap water, is okay to drink. And he goes to Google and he presses like the first like letter and it comes up with that full phrase like and he's just blown away. Yeah. And I was like, well, it's the same thing as like when if you oh, if you're having a conversation, let's say about, oh, I need to go pick up dog food. Yeah. And then you're waiting in you know the elevator or you just you're t- before you leave, you just open up your computer or whatever, your phone. And all of a sudden it's like advertisements for dog food. And he's like, how is that possible? Dude, it's crazy. Uh, I want ten thousand dollars. I want ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand dollars. <laughs> I had a crazy thing that happened with me. So at my old job, I used to be an accountant at um at a PA firm, a uh, medium sized PA firm here in town, and this is back on my Tinder days. 
I was, I, was, I, was talking, I was talking to them about this Tinder match. I'm like, yo, this girl's pretty cute, blah, blah, blah. And I said her name, and then we were just casually talking about her, whatever. And uh, my managing partner at the time was just like, oh, I want to check her out on Facebook. Types in just the first letter of her name, autofills her name. And I'm like, get out. Get it. Like, autofilled it on the bottom as, like, oh, search. So it was P, and it searched the first and last name immediately as it came up. Yes. And I'm like, how? And Zuckerberg how? already went on a date yeah. with her 10 minutes later. <laughs> yeah, it was insane because it just, it was all. So my phone was available, his phone was available, but it was on the computer for that we had. You know what I mean? So, like, how does it link and know that we're in the same proximity? Like, yeah. it blew my mind. We were like, that is creepy. That is yeah. creepy and trippy as can be. That's the computer your- knows when you sleep, too. Yeah, so that's when you put the computer through the shredder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We should try that one day. See if we can put a computer through just like one of the shredders here. Yeah. Will yeah. it blend? Let's see. Just- no. And when you go home, you should pull up your Facebook, whatever, Google search, and type in D and see if dog food gets autofilled. I actually Duh. do need to buy dog food, too. <laughs> Tomorrow, I'll buy dog food. So... Uh, that's some crazy things to think about. And at the same time, I really feel like you should turn off your Siri. Yeah, <laughs> it's, but you need it. I don't know. I was, you don't need it. I was a slow adopter even to the face ID. Cause I didn't want something that, cause face the way, ID? the way face ID works on Apple is that as you age, it recognizes that you age. Well, you're continuously using it, right? And you're continuously so it, using it. It sees you. What if you have like, uh, cause it's Movember now and we've got some people around the office that awesome you know stuff. used to look like normal humans and now they look like gross um <laughs> so does it know like oh this person just shaved off their full beard or like they there grew has a mustache to have some like sensor that reads out that can pinpoint different areas of your face that aren't going to change there that'd be the only way well it has a 3d well, sensor right on the apple yeah unlock so it, it detects you in 3d well, I'd be good because no one has a head that's this long. But when I was in uh, when I was in uh, England uh, at the security conference, um, the people that had a booth across from me, um, they're from China, and they had that's their the door lock. The door lock was your face, like you just look down at the door handle, and then it would what? scan your face, and then the door would open. And I just I couldn't. I was thinking. What if you were like, you know, after the the Christmas party, you're absolutely <laughs> mangled and you can't get your face to stay still because you're wobbling all over the, I don't know. Then you're locked out and then you're sleeping on the porch. You can't get in? You were sleeping on the porch anyways because yeah. your wife hated you. But, you know, that sort of stuff. And where if like, I don't know, is there batteries in it? I probably should ask them more questions, but they're really nice people. So I didn't. I mean, I'm sure there's a secondary key like with a card oh like a real key like just use the real key that's what i'm saying (laughs) just use your fingers instead of saying siri change (laughs) my music and you shouldn't be messing around in the shower with technology anyways you're gonna drop it in the toilet oh it's it's waterproof right or water resistant whatever it is is it yeah, I took okay, this thing under a waterfall. T- dump that in uh, in your drink, and then we, we can talk and see how. No, I had this thing in my pocket this summer, and we went to the. Uh, to, I don't know. It's somewhere in Hamilton. It's like this beautiful. Um, yeah, I know. Area. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so Hamilton. we went there, and I'm like, I didn't even think about it. Phone was in my pocket, and I am drenched, head to toe, and I was like, oh, my phone. <laughs> I was like, my phone. I was like, that thing's in my pocket, and it was fine. And I have a cracked screen too, so I thought this thing was a goner, and it was good. Life pro tip. If you do ever submerse your phone in water, um, don't put it in a bag of rice. Rubbing alcohol. 
Yes. 99% yes. rubbing alcohol. You could pour that all over computers. And another one, and this is a Kerry Holtzman trick, who has agreed, again, to do the podcast <laughs> whenever he's not busy, which is hard. But Is that now holding him accountable? Yeah. Like a, it's, it's a verbal contract that I am one-sided of. But <laughs> um, he fixes computers, and sometimes a tower will come in, and it is nasty. Oh, that's nasty. It's how some people have their computers. It's like so much dust, so much grime. It's just disgusting. Uh, leaf blower. Really? Yep, take that case side off, and he blows blows it out with a leaf because it saves you money. Like on the, the dust, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Outside leaf blower, <laughs> I do it all the time now. Now I worked in a cell dust phone collection shop. your computer. What's that? How much dust is collecting in your computer? Um, it's not mine. I fixed them on oh, the side, right? right? right. I, this one that came uh, across my table, I was like, wow, how does this thing even still work? <laughs> like there was. It looked like the inside of a vacuum cleaner. You know, like when you're the thing's full and you got to empty it out. That's what it looked like inside. Wow. It was it was nasty. That's disgusting. No, um, it's perfect I, now though. Yeah, I used to work at a cell phone repair shop. Oh, here the shit that would come in it was disgusting, man. You take your phone, like you take the phones apart, and like you, all you'd have to do is um, make sure you took the motherboard out. Samsungs were the easiest ones to remove, and then just soak them in rubbing alcohol and just took a toothbrush. We yep. had to make sure we got the baby soft ones so that you could just get in yeah, there, just yeah. really soft, without you not chipping <laughs> anything off. Nine out of ten times, the phone was up and running. Yep. And we're like, this is amazing. And people thought, oh, you guys are gods. And we're like, nah, some rubbing alcohol. And, uh, baby <laughs> don't tell them. You don't tell yeah. them. So they keep coming back. But I, uh, I, I, I laughed, though. <laughs> I laughed because on our last, uh, the first time we did a podcast together, it, it was, I used to work at a, this guy has worked everywhere, it seems like. You've got a lot of experience in a lot of different areas. <laughs> it's super interesting, as well as, um, and I'll, I'll bring this up. It's not really tech related, but uh, Edwin has, uh, and obviously we don't have video on the podcast right now. Maybe but, we'll take a picture. Yeah, we should with all of our guests. <laughs> but Edwin has like perfect hair Crisp. all the time. Crisp. And it's not like bald. It's it's a fade. It's a full-on fade with the lineup and, and like a line down. But he does, you cut your own hair. Yeah, man. <laughs> we got into this last time and like, I know you're going to bring it up. And I purposely stayed up last night to make sure I cut this thing so it was fresh for I today. Tell. I can tell. Just so I could be like, yeah, this is it. Because I wasn't coming here on some bum ass haircut. And I'm like, nah, I'm going to come here looking fly. But yeah, it's, uh, it's something I've been doing for about, God, I'd say about 15 years. Honestly, it's just, it, there's something that I learned a lot growing up from my mom. And she said, if you don't feel comfortable about a certain situation, you have complete 100% in control of, of how you react to it. And I'd always get haircuts done and I just didn't like it. And growing up, she used to cut my hair because she used to be a hairdresser back in the day when she used to live in Guatemala. And um, I just realized, I'm like, if you're going to screw my hair up and I'm paying you, I'm like, why can't I screw up my own hair up for free and it's going to grow back? And I had the worst haircuts, maybe for like the first four or five years. <laughs> I wish you had pictures that oh, we could man. share with the, well, I did that too. I remember my parents wouldn't take me to get a haircut because just because anyways, long story, but I had like a, a mullet kind of thing going on because it was going so long. So I decided I would cut it myself, but I gave up after one cut. So I had this, it was like, <laughs> it was like it just take someone's long hair and cut out one scissors length 
right? Yeah. And they wouldn't take me after that because they said, why would you cut your own hair? So I had to walk around with a mullet short long with an inch missing off of one portion of it. And um, yeah, so I thought that would be the last time I cut my own hair. But I think we talked about this the last last time when we recorded where one time it was just bugging me. I just wanted to do a little bit of a cleanup at the back. And I was like, went into some sort of weird trance and gave myself a perfect, perfect fade. I, so much so that I sent it to my ex-wife, who's a hairstylist. And she was like, wow, that's impressive. So I thought, I'm good. I've just saved myself a considerable amount of money for the rest of my life. <laughs> the next time I did it, I don't know. The rain man went away and I was just it. I had to emergency call a friend in the middle of the night to tell them to come over and fix my head because it looked that bad. Should have just and, shaved a bald. Oh, with my head shape's not going to be good for when I'm bald. <laughs> oh, and I'm going bald, so. No, you, you get into this weird little trance when you're cutting your hair and it's like, you know, they always talk about like monks and bonsai trees where they're just constantly trimming them. Yeah. And there's this level of just precision that they get themselves entrenched into that's what happens mine it takes me about 45 minutes to get this thing cut um recently went to a hairdresser for the first time in i'd probably say nine or ten years this is a couple months ago i'm like you know i'm gonna give it a shot see how it goes waited longer took me about an hour and a half to get in and out the haircut was awful the fade was brutal where'd you go Uh, no don't say the place but like did you go to a salon or a barber a barber Oh. I'm like, give me a proper fade, man. This is what you do day in, day out. Yeah. So, like, if you base it on the number of hours that he would have spent cutting hair over the years, because he said he's been doing this for about 20 years cutting hair, Uh. versus me, 15 years, I cut it once every week for an hour. I'm like, that's 52 times a year that I do this. I'm like, you've cut hair way longer than I have in terms of hours, and you still can't do it right. And And there's a lot of that. Like, if you go, as, as, as a man, if you go to a salon, they don't use clippers for the most part most of them don't use clippers they use scissor over comb which will give you an awful fade yeah um and then there's you're right i didn't have a proper haircut until i was in new york city years ago we're walking down the street and i'm with my my ex-wife who again is the hairstylist and this guy's standing outside of the shop he goes hey come here and so like we're walking by and he goes, you need a haircut. And he pulls me in. <laughs> and I look, I was like, what the? And my, I looked at my ex-wife and she goes, yeah, go ahead. Best fade ever. And that's when I realized, like, this is what I need. I look so much better. And uh, ever since then, I got back to, uh, um, uh, to London. And my friend who was from New York City worked here as well, uh, a, guy, a guy named Gary. And so he told me about this place, Five Star. Yeah. Um, and he said, go there. And so I went in there and I've been going ever since they've grown and they've moved, but they're amazing there. Shout out to the guys over there. They do proper fades. So yeah. if you do want to stop cutting your own hair, that's the place to go. I don't think I could do it, man. It's just, it's, it's gone to a point where it's routine. No, he doesn't mean? need to look at it. Yeah, I know you like, don't need to though. Yeah, It's just, it's like, I started straight blading four months ago because you got to take up your techniques i'm always changing up my equipment i'm like i have a trusted titanium wall like it's like a professional grade i paid three four hundred dollars for this thing i mean because i'm investing in myself like out of all the savings that i get i'm like you start increasing might as well buy a good one yeah might as well buy a good one so then now i'm on straight blading and <laughs> i chopped up my face like because there's an angle there's a person yeah. like a perfect level of angle that you have to have at 
and it would just cut and I would just see flesh come out. And I'm like, oh. this skull. And then the thing is, I have um I, I run uh aftershave on it and it's oh, no, 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 you no, 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 feel no, no. it and be like, ooh, oh. we're not doing this. You need a step pencil, man. Yeah, right. but no, then no. after a while when I figured it out, like cleanest lines. Know what I mean? Okay. Just cleaning. Did crisp. you go straight blade or safety blade? Because there's like a little bit of a difference, right? Like the T one versus a complete like straight blade. Wow. I'm talking old school yeah. barber, and I'm like, I can do this if you can do that. And I'm like, if I can. So here's here's my uh, pretty much the mental process behind it. If I can look at the back of my head with a mirror and figure out how to properly even it out without seeing it with my eyes, and I'm using mirrors. If I'm looking in the mirror and looking at my face, I can figure out how to straight blade. So the time that I cut my hair perfectly, I didn't have a mirror. I like did it two based, mirrors? I didn't have two yeah. mirrors at all. I had a mirror in, in front, front of me, but that's it. And I did it all by feel. Yeah. Now, if I straight bladed, I can guarantee you <laughs> that I would be in an ambulance within five minutes. It would look like um, Al Capone got a hold of me. I'm telling you. Well, your yeah. hand starts to shake. Yeah. Like my hand was shaking at first because I'm like – but oh. now I'm just confident. I'm like, oh, I shake when my barber does it for me. I'm just like uh, – yeah. Yeah. And they don't so they're quick. So they're just like funny yeah. story. <laughs> we when when we were getting married for for the wedding, we I wanted to get straight razor shave um for me and all my groomsmen. And my uh my ex-wife at the time calls around and starts asking if they do this at this certain shops and the one guy just goes, "No, we don't do that." And she goes, "Oh, really? Why?" And he just goes aids i was like <laughs> what in the world wow. kind of professionalism is that but yeah so i thought that that was done you couldn't do it and yeah. uh my my barber always does this straight razor and it's great yeah and there's a guy here um that we talked about the last one too rob rob huber he shaved that's what he shaves with is a straight razor yeah his whole face and i can't even shave with those mock threes without bleeding to death so <laughs> oh. i don't i got the i don't have a steady hand you know, so. Mach 3 all the way, man. That's my that's been my razor since I was in high school. Still buy it to this day. Mach 3. Have you Nothing ever be- <laughs> have you ever tried uh chip cheaping out a little bit and oh, try like the no name? <laughs> oh man, it is a Hey, hey, Shake bought my company, the one that I use, Henry's. Or Harry's. I think it's Harry's. Harry's, Harry's or Henry's. Remember that I was saying that it's the one that does the shipping? Oh, right, right. They right. ship the razors right to your house. What? They're the five- Dollar Shave Club? It's, it's kind of very like that. similar. Yeah, but they um, much cheaper than like the Gillette ones. They look almost identical to the Mach Five or whatever they are now. Seventeen <laughs> blades on there. Well, um, the Mach Seventeen. Yeah, yeah. yeah you um, shave your whole body in one go. Yeah. <laughs> Same idea. It's got the one little blade on the back. It's like I don't even know what how much it is, but it's dirt cheap. Um, See, I used to use that before. Oh. The one little blade on the back. That's how I would line, line up. up. But it was they just don't do that anymore. It, yeah, they? it, they're yeah, hard no, to they're get a hold there. of. Oh, yeah, yeah they're oh. tough to get a hold of, man. But if you could find them, like they were nice to just do cleanups. But after a while, I was like straight blade. I'll figure it out. Yeah, I'm the just, only problem I'm with just those gonna is leave like it to uh, to Roberto, Sugar Shane, and Lopez <laughs> and Christian to 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 fix me up. Um, I did want to shift a little bit. Sorry, uh, that was a long go at uh, um, men's. Grooming? Hi- grooming, yes. yes. I was going to say hygiene. But, um, <laughs> we were chatting on the phone, Edwin and I, and so there's an organization called Under Armour, and uh, they are responsible for creating the outfits for the 
people going into space the the first trip, right? I don't know if you saw them. They're very much like you would think someone would design them. They look like Star Trek kind of outfits. Thanks. I'm not I'm not a huge fan. I don't think I would ever wear tights. Um, just personally, I don't feel like I feel comfortable wearing tights, but uh, that's what they look like. And so there's a lot of interesting things going on there that Under Armour got the contract for. But you were chatting with me about some some crazy stuff going on with Under Armour. Um, can yeah, you share that? a lot of changes. A lot of stuff's happened with Under Armour. So recently, uh, if you looked at the news, their stocks plummeted about 11%. And there's a lot of scandals that's been put through using their HR department. And what's happened was... Um, women who were agents to try to elicit sponsorship with athletes are just like, we don't have the same capabilities as a guy. And that was the original complaint. And they're like, well, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, this gets deeper. They're able to take these athletes and they charge on company credit cards going to strip clubs. Well, that's for lunch though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The lunch buffet. I don't get it. Yeah. So, Honestly, it was it, it, it's just something that hurt Under Armour, and as a result, there's uh, the the founder um, and CEO stepped down, and now he's acting president and let somebody else take his spot. But it just you have a brand who is synonymous with sports and sports entertainment, and you're not talking about what are they doing internally from an HR department. So Whoa. we talked about it as um, the uh, one of the speakers recently um, for McLean and Co. She was the HR. Uh, like a CHRO for Under Armour. And I saw that and she's been there for about a year. And previously she was with Harley Davidson. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good so brand. she must have dealt with that at some point. She saw that and kept it under wrap. You know what I mean? To an extent. But like that was just the, I guess, the climate that was going on within Under Armour. And that's, been, they, that's why they've been all over the news. But I feel like a lot of organizations would probably have to entertain that. Because when we're talking about, um, you know, Whining and dining celebrities, mm-hmm. right? And some of those celebrities really like strip clubs. And so wouldn't you why, – why couldn't the the female employees take them to strip clubs? Maybe it's a comf- comfortable thing. But like, yeah, it's a weird – I'm glad I don't work in that, that yeah. space because like <laughs> you have to do things like that. Where, or if movie stars, you know, if – Joaquin Phoenix or whatever wants to go to a strip club and you have to take him as his manager. I don't know how it <laughs> yeah, works, well, but working in corporate tax beforehand, there's certain rules that you're a lot, that you have to stay within. <laughs> right? I can tell you that here at this, uh, we work at Infotech for, for those just listening for the first time. Uh, I can tell you, I've, I've read the policy. Uh, they wouldn't pay for that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and that's why I don't get what they were writing it off as expenses, right? Because the, the, generally oh, the way it works is exercise. Um, Exercise, <laughs> yeah, fitness and exercise expense. Well, it, generally the way it works within Canadian um, taxation laws is that if I want to take Soph out as a client and have a dinner with him, totally fine. If I go to a golf course and take you out to dinner, totally fine. But I can't pay for the rounds of golf. So what people would do is that, um, let's say Joel was taking um, Soph out for a nice little lunch at the golf club. So they're like, well, can I expense the entire membership to the company? 
It's an expensive uh, lunch, right? That it's an expensive, expensive lunch. Expensive. It adds up over well, time. Well, so is this the lunch script, script <laughs> I would assume. Right? So there's a lot of tax implications that happen as a result with that. So now they're going to investigate under RB and like, what did you really write off? And what were you writing off as uh, meals and entertainment expenses? So this, this trickles down to not just being an HR issue, but it's now a tax issue. Right. And that's like that's when the SEC starts getting involved, being like, we're OK. Now we have to investigate. Your stock's going to get hurt as a result. And it gets difficult. The, mud, the water becomes muddy. And then not to begin with, Under Armour is competing against Nike, Adidas, Lululemon for athleisure. And so they're not in the best position right now to be having this news come out. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. It just, and it's a strong market, too. Like and now what like Nike, um, as you guys know, like uh, I'm our, I'm wearing a Nike shirt right now uh, and I'm wearing Adidas shoes, which is kind of a weird combo, but um, it's really, really even. There was a time where it was all Nike, Nike was winning. And then there was a time where Adidas was the one to have. And now you've got Nike, Adidas and coming back making a comeback champion and fila are now apparently cool again um you were poor if you were champions and fila back in the day if i remember man yeah but there was a time that champion and fila was that was the the lick you had to have that yeah um and then it just then it was like the only reason why you would wear it is because yeah you saw it at winners and you didn't realize that it was you know not a great brand but i was at my daughters wanted to go to uh urban outfitters or whatever and they were selling champion sweatsuits for like 80 bucks and i was like what they're back and i had to ask so i was like is this back now but um yeah it's 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 a competitive market in the in retail obviously with with those types of things could just end you make or break you i remember when i was a kid i really wanted those adidas tearaways well and it was for my birthday and i got the champions tearaways and i'm like man i'm gonna have my fun of the entire time i'm like not the same thing you can't break dance in those you can't you can't break dance in them it was the stupidest thing ever and everyone wanted them like hotcakes they were flying off the shelf all the time that was like tearaways that was like when i was a kid uh was kangaroo the kangaroo shoes because they had a pocket in them well the ones that i got didn't have a pocket broke it turns out that <laughs> yeah the bargain heralds uh no it turns out that uh i was just an idiot because they, they had the one the zipper on the side mine had the it was in the tongue Ooh. and i didn't notice it until like i was about to toss them you know i wore those until they like the sole was just gone because i i had the, you could put a quarter in there yeah <laughs> and i kept them but yeah um <laughs> no recently i was in detroit um to watch joe rogan and his uh his comedy tour along the way and i stepped into the under armor store and you're bringing up the spacesuits you talked to me about that yesterday and i wanted to save it for this but they have new sleepwear that i guess is supposed to elicit more oh yeah under armor has sleepwear they're pjs and it is the what you would think Under Armour PJs would look like. And it is light gray, super soft. And you're like, oh, this is sweet. But somehow this new technology and fiber, whatever they're using, is allowing blood circulation so you can get more deeper, relaxed sleeping. A body massage while you sleep from Under Armour. I don't wear clothes when I sleep. This is not for me. Like I, this is a, this <laughs> like is I, a family I show. Yeah, yeah it's a okay. family show. My bad. But you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like, not, like, I'm not going to wear a long sleeve shirt and pajama bottoms to bed i would if it was because i uh, agree i can't wear clothes to bed but i would if it was going to give me a better sleep yeah that's what this new technology is and then and, and like i saw him like you get out of here i talked to one of the reps i'm like does this actually work he's like no idea uh, <laughs> like, no idea that guy's terrible at, yeah. at, at sales but um yeah it's it's crazy the, the whole retail landscape is 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 so interesting to me like this stuff some of the things that they're doing like sephora is doing it really well with um 
face technology where it recognizes your uh, skin tones and then and then recommends uh colors to go with it what? you walk into the sephora store i i haven't personally done this i read this sure uh <laughs> i'd look better if i wore more makeup than i do right now <laughs> um, Valid point. yeah yeah but anyways uh you walk in the store uh you stand in front of the scanner it Scans your face and then it'll recommend shades and colors that would suit you. Um, so my, I walked in and tried it out and it, they, it just uh, shot like spit out a receipt. It was just a, a paper bag, and I, I had to put it on my head. Nice. Okay, that part wasn't true, but um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's neat and like Nordstrom's doing some crazy stuff around AI and um, making that you want to make that retail experience seamless. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of cool things you can do, and the, I think the number one is not have a scandal on your hands. Well, you know what? It, it, going back to when we were talking about what do organizations do to pivot and using technology, the brick and mortar going to a point of sale now is so much harder to get me to get off my couch or whatever I'm doing to go to your store to buy something. Yeah. So how are you going to elicit that response out of somebody? So using the stuff like Sephora and saying they can have that detection on your face, being like, this is perfect. You can come in here. You can't do that online. Yeah, because, yeah, exactly. But you're not going to do it at home. Yeah, yeah. but the, and then the others, well, maybe you until could. They come up until with an app. until yeah. they come up with an app with a webcam, um, it's totally possible. And maybe someone's already doing it. We don't know. But um, that whole experience, because for me, there's certain things I just can't buy online, right? Like you can't, try on a new outfit that you've never worn like if i had to order nikes online and i have a lot of them um i know exactly what my size is and i know exactly that nike air max 90s will fit me the best i can buy them no problem but a pair of jeans i have yeah. no idea what brand to buy or what fits or anything and the only thing that i could buy would be something i already have so how do you make it so that people who really enjoy that experience of not shopping in your store? How do you how do you compete with the Amazons and the overstocks of the world? And um, a good one uh, is Amazon bought Whole Foods, mm -hmm. right? So you can get Whole Foods just right to your door. So in the, in the states, Kroger is the biggest grocer, I, I think, out of all of them. So Definitely how do you, guess, yeah. yeah, how do you yeah. compete with the Amazon that just bought Whole Foods, your biggest competitor? <laughs> so they went out and they bought uh, a company of, of their own out of uh, the UK. I can't remember what it's called. They spent millions and millions of dollars just as a kind of a, you know, a hat tip to Amazon and Whole Foods to say, huh, check. Right, so so they've done really, really well. Actually, they had their best trading day um, ever. I think maybe it was like a couple months Kroger ago did? or something. Yeah, nice. because they they figured it out. They're saying, okay, well, this guy's coming in here, this competitor's coming in here, and they're doing something with technology. And if I don't do something with technology, I'm gone. Yeah, right. So that is an exciting time to see what people can do with, with technology to create an omni-channel presence. And I've never ordered my groceries online. Never. But I, but I want, I There's, think I want There to. was something I was reading a little while ago where there was an issue with the whole Amazon grocery delivery thing where a lot of stuff that was showing up was expired or just not great. Yeah, they're picking uh, from they're they're picking those that produce from the front. Yeah. 
Right. <laughs> Trust me, I'm, I worked in grocery for a long time. You you pick from the back. Yeah. You pick from the back. No, there's a – that always goes in seeing how organizations change. Amazon, the reason why Amazon still exists is because they believe that the shift was going to be to online. And the biggest retailer in the world, Walmart, said, not going to happen. Sorry, <laughs> brick and mortar. We'll Catch keep up. opening up stores. We'll keep opening up stores. You will not be the Walmart president. Because Walmart – and learning about accounting, you learn about Kaizen. So Kaizen is this Japanese philosophy of constant evolution and involvement. So that's where cost accounting came from. Cost accounting really learned that, well, what do you look at the incremental cost of an organization? Uh, what are the pretty much the overlooked costs that you don't really get to see? These are more important than direct costs. But if you're constantly evolving and you're creating a product, you get Toyota. Toyota was what came up with this. And Toyota said constant involvement and evolution of, will create just in time. Therefore, I know when my product's going to be created, how it's going to be created. Then Walmart said, we can take that, adapt it, and create the barcode. And that barcode was an inventory supply chain management system that was in its infancy. And they said, we are going to take this and know that if this store has five, someone just bought this at the register, immediately the warehouse says, send two more. Yeah, so right? that, that, that was a, years ago when I worked at Infotech the first time. That was, that was a major concern for retailers because Walmart said, we're going to implement RFID technology. And if you want to be a supplier for us, which there are a lot millions talk. of, <laughs> yep. you have to implement RFID. So now everyone's scrambling going, what do I do? How do I do this? And I, you know, kind of fizzled out a little bit. I, I feel like they didn't really stick to that, that statement and I might be wrong, but now using uh, grocery stores can use IoT sensors to not only find out when they're low on product and immediately order it, but to have a sensor in an aisle to see where a customer, how long a customer has been standing at that spot, where they're Whoa. picking things off, off, off the shelf and where they're skipping certain items. So it's a merchandising thing now. Yeah, as well. So yeah, now you can start charging more for certain spots in the store. Yeah, exactly. Because space, yeah. be, Ooh, because space look at expensive. look at the real estate that that water. We talked about this. Yeah. That water bottles take up now that space, and grocers hate it. They don't make money off those things, and it's it's a waste of real estate. But now you can start to to move and take data of what's doing better. Now, if I put it on the second shelf, is it? selling more than if I put it on the fourth shelf and all of those things. But the other thing is um, in, we've all gone to a grocery store where you can tell they ordered too much stuff and they've got to sell it for like really cheap. <laughs> and that goes for any retailer Yeah. Um, to, to know and predict, have a predictive analysis that says, you know, this is how much you need to order based off of past years. Like when we, when I worked grocery, it was a guessing game sometimes. And you're like, okay, well we need to get, a bunch of potatoes in here because it or yams because it's Thanksgiving coming up. And if you got that wrong and people walk in your store and you don't even have potatoes and they're doing their Thanksgiving dinner, you be sure they're probably just going to walk out and go to a different store. Yeah. So that ability is, it's, is it's, exciting. It impacts farmers though a lot. I remember um, a class colleague of mine, she owns. Sorry about, sorry about that. <laughs> it seems like someone is vacuuming. Ooh, <laughs> what? Hope it doesn't get picked Last up week it was windows, pebbles at the window, yeah. and now this this woman is uh, is vacuuming. That's always a blast. 
We'll be right back. Yeah, I think so. I guess we're gonna go. We're gonna go for a break. All right, hold on. That break was sponsored by Dirt Devil or Dyson or Something. some vacuum cleaner company. You were talking about giving me ten thousand dollars when we went for the break. Yes, oh, or, it's, it's on tape. It's yeah. On tape. Oh yeah, we recorded. Okay, never mind. So. Uh, what were you saying? Yeah, so uh, we were talking about the logistical issues when it comes to, um, I guess, w- within a grocery store, right? And using this predictive analytics to figure this all out. And I said it impacts farmers. So there was a colleague of mine, um, She, her family, um, she was raised on a dairy farm. And she was saying that the dairy that they produced, like in the summertime, we're creating butter for Thanksgiving and Christmas. In the wintertime, we're creating um, ice cream. That's wow. all they're constantly doing. So if you now know how much you're going to sell of and you have that information, you can then relate to them. Because I told him, like, what happens about the cost? Like, the excess. Don't you have to eat it? And she's like, yep. Oh, we I can eat. help them with that. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, we, like we, we just eat the cost of it. So this helps a lot of people. The like, more technology eat the cost involved. meaning like it's a write-off or eat the cost like they eat the product? Oh, a bit of both, man. I, I, could, both. I yeah. could crush ice cream. Right? But Easy. it's um, I think that predictive analytics is something that is – it's just neat and it's entertaining. I wrote something on LinkedIn a while ago um, with regards to MMA and predictive analytics. Blew my mind. I'm a huge MMA fan. I practice jujitsu as well. And so within the UFC, there's sensors everywhere that I had no idea about. So there's two sensors in your gloves, your left hand and your right hand. Each person has one of these. This there, is crazy. This is crazy. <laughs> I did not know that. It's and I've get been wild. watching UFC since UFC 1. It's going to get wild. So what they did is that it's this company, it's this German company called AGT and um, what is it, WME company. Um, they, they came together to start using these sensors. And what they said was, how do we deliver the best customer experience when you were watching the UFC? We need to understand what's going inside the mat that we don't get to see. So what they did was they put two sensors on each glove. They weren't done there. Above you, there's three sensors that are constantly monitoring where you walk, where you look at, and there's sensors built on the octagon so that they can measure and see your distance and where you're going. But the crazy part was there's sensors on the actual mat. Mm. So now I can tell you how much you're traveling, how much you're moving within the octagon. These sensors now can read and say, if if me and Soph are punching and Soph just lays a haymaker on me, that will then register and say, Soph weighs 185 pounds. He's in the middleweight division. That punch is registered as the top 5% punch in the world. I now know that. So is that data provided to the fighters? Because for coaching. For coaching. For so coaching. so Matt Sarah's where's the footsteps? That <laughs> there was data behind him yelling that, or it was just because he was from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So shout out to all our New Jersey listeners. Yeah, so really what it's showing is um at the end of a match, you'll see how much damage they've taken on like a like just like an outline figure, and what? it shows you like, oh, like 60% <laughs> on the left-hand body, 30%, just like you're playing a video game. Oh, That's wait, crazy. he has 34 hit points left. Yeah, right. So <laughs> it's now looking at a, at the human composition saying, well, can we understand a lot more what's going on behind it? Right. And for me as a fan. You can now see, like, if 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 you have a um, was it Francis Ngannou, one of the hardest punches in the world, and he hit Alistair Overeem with that uppercut and knocked him out into Jupiter, <laughs> that punch will get recorded as that is the hardest punch known to man. But I wonder wow. if that technology is really only beneficial to the people, like, let's say if it's for live, yeah, for the people that are watching at home, because if you're in the crowd or in the audience. 
unless you oh, have you're something. Dr- you're drunk anyway. Yeah, you're not really watching unless you're going to watch it again on yeah. on TV. It's for but home. that's yeah. that's cool because it's I'm sure that increases their their pay per view ratings and yeah revenues. And they can fund it. And and even for a coaching point of view, you can now tell your your fighter being like, this is how much you were running inside the ring. Right. 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 And, and I would think if there's sensors in the floor, you're able to, like, if you get knocked out or you get in an Plata mm-hmm. by a Diaz brother, right, um, being able to tell you why you got there. It's because you... You know, maybe you weren't moving around enough. You weren't. You weren't square. You were square um, versus circling around, circling, circling out. So I, I think it's. Uh, That's pretty cool. It's so cool, and I and football probably has. Oh, a, a bazillion not, not releasing anything on the helmets yet. They're like, ah, we're going <laughs> off on that, Sam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that data is um, uh, inconclusive, yeah, and yeah. Uh, we lost it in a uh, flood of. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> lost it all. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. And the other thing too, go back to the grocery, grocery aspect. And I found this out this week because um, some of my reps uh, work within the transportation uh, industry and wholesale transportation retail. And uh, did you did you know there's a shortage of truck drivers? Yes. Massive. Yes. Massive I was just shortage. looking into this, so it's it's crazy. Yeah, this the- one company was doing really well. They were a well-known company. They had a ton of employees. They've been in business for like a hundred and something years, and they're 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 done because there's no drivers. And I, and I started thinking about that. Like, do you know anyone who drives a truck? I only know of one person, uh, and her dad was a truck driver, but I'm not too sure if he's if he's retired. That's the thing. Or if he's yeah, done, right? yeah, that's it's, the problem. I don't know any new person that says you know what i'm going to become a truck driver name one friend that you have that in the like i can think of that in the last 20 years that has gone into trucking it's just not something that i at least maybe it's just my circle of friends or something i don't know do you know any truckers um not personally but former clients yes i worked at a tax firm like uh, yeah the well yeah like i when i worked at the warehouse there was there was we truck drivers would come in and drop off deliveries but i personally like the only person I think of is my best friend John Eistead when he was working at, at IKEA. He, uh, but then he shredded the the roof off under a bridge. So that was the only <laughs> person I had ever known that had dr- driven a truck. But this is—they say it's going to duplicate the the number of drivers like will be missing. So how how fast do you think Tesla can get this? Uh, their trucks. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah, their trucks are out there yeah. already, aren't they? Yeah, they're they're testing them now. Um, Actually, one of the, not to get into politics too much, but Andrew Yang was on uh, the Joe Rogan podcast, um, and he was talking about that whole, the whole thing of how this is going to change the landscape as far as jobs, job opportunities, economy-wise, and like how fast, like you said, how fast Tesla can get their trucks on the road. So it's it's a pretty big, pretty big issue coming up pretty soon. And the problem is, truckers are... Not to generalize, but like, if if I drive a truck and I'm gonna get fired, I can just park my truck in the middle of the highway, and how much chaos could that cause? And if all these people are slowly getting fired and replaced by by automation, that could be a pretty big issue. Well, yeah. Yeah. you've seen the movie Maximum Overdrive, right? Yes. So, well, <laughs> that could happen. The clown, <laughs> the clown truck coming after you, not good. Well, that well. When I was in Arizona, um, meeting with clients of mine, they had a, a driverless car they were testing, and it, and it killed a woman. It just went off the road and 
she was just walking and it, and it killed her. It was like, okay. Apparently, I think I remember that story and something in the software didn't take into account pedestrians or <laughs> maybe not pedestrians as a whole, but like, um, like sidewalks. It didn't have, it only had the roads programmed into it to only drive on, to figure out where it was on the road, not when, necessarily yeah. the sidewalk. When GPS first came out, I was with, again, John and, uh, yeah, it wanted us to turn, uh, turn right immediately into this, uh, pond. And <laughs> it was like, uh, like the office episode, but, yeah, thankfully we we had the you had the, your eyes open. Yeah, we had our eyes open. We did not turn into a pond, but like it could happen. And how many times does software crash? Yeah, there's um, it crashed twice since we've been recording. Oh man, there's a it's this company out of not out of California. One of their headquarters is in California, and their main point distribution is in Europe. It's called NXP Semiconductors, and they recently signed on um, a deal with Volkswagen. And there's a thousand kilometers of road that they've been able to use in Europe, which now has Wi-Fi on 5.6 gigahertz, and it's able to communicate with the vehicle to help semi-autonomous vehicles drive. So now it's saying we have this infrastructure of a thousand, and their goal is to get to I think it was 2025 that they wanted to have um, 5,000 kilometers covered in this. And they're like Volkswagen's like partnered up, we're fine, we're good to go. Well, airplanes are basically fly on their own. Yeah, for the right. most part. It's just the ending, like the takeoff and the landing. And that's the same thing with the autonomous trucks. Uh, I think right now they're at 98% accuracy. Yeah. But that problem is, is like that 2% with a giant semi truck is, is, you know, it's a, a disaster. Smith, yeah. a robot situation. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's a lot. And But yeah. the problem is, so they're really good on the highways. But once you get into the city, you're still going to need someone to drive. Yeah, especially in Toronto where it's like, yeah, I realize it's a red light, but I don't care. I got somewhere to go. Yeah. So I'm just going to walk across anyways. Yeah. So what they're going to do is they're not going to necessarily need a driver in the vehicle, but they're going to hire people to basically remote into that vehicle as it become, you know, gets closer to the city or where it's going to drop off. So I can be sitting in a, my office somewhere, have like 15 TVs up. And I'm like, oh, this one's getting closer. Let me take over that one, park it, and move on to the next Jesus. one. Jesus. So like <laughs> in, in uh, um, like big boats in certain places, right, like big shipping boats, um, they have um, someone come on your boat to park it, like to dock it. You can you can bring the boat into the into this area, but then a specialist comes to dock the boat um, in bigger sh- shipping containers. So that's that's interesting. You're just like uh, you're the closer. You're yeah, the, you're yeah. the closer. <laughs> you were the it. best yeah. at video games, right? <laughs> at Need for Speed and uh, Gran Torino or tr- no Tur- Gran Torino. Turismo, man, Turismo. that was my game. Yeah, back Gran in the Torino day. is uh, Clint Eastwood's movie, which is pretty pretty good as well but um or you're really good at those parking games on the phone there's a parking game yeah it's just like it's like a parking game you just you play a video game to park cars and it rates you on how good you park random Uh, just thought i'd throw it i saw it in the play store that sounds like a fun i'm terrible at just driving but like london drivers could use a little bit of assistance because in london (laughs) ontario where where this podcast is being recorded uh there's a couple things that are different than in other places for instance um Never, ever use your peripheral vision or look anywhere other than straight, I've noticed. Uh, signaling is optional. optional. Yep. Oh, and if you are going to signal, make sure it's at the last second <laughs> before you turn. My biggest pet peeve 
And the reason why is because it goes down to the... And this is my fucked up brain pretty much but well, there's a fundamental filter that out yeah <laughs> there's, a, there's a fundamental flaw if you can't signal when you're driving with your level of communication the reason why a blinker is on a vehicle is because it is strictly for nonverbal communication with other people and i've assessed this multiple times when i'm driving when you are driving on the road there are things that are designed for you to communicate with one another your, your blinker is the most important thing on that vehicle. Not in London, Ontario. Not in London, Ontario. Yeah. <laughs> and it is so frustrating because I'm like, you must be a horrible person to get your message across to in person. <laughs> because I'm like, if you can't do the basic task of telling me I'm going to go right right now and cut you off, if you're going to cut me off but your signal's on, I can be like, oh, I see flashing light. Cool. I'll slow it down a bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. let you go through. It there, just makes sense for me. There are people in or the people city. who leave their blinker on all the time. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's it's one a, or the other. That's the only the thing accident. in London. Yeah. But the, the other thing <laughs> is, there, you've got a person that's so terrible at driving, right? And you pull up beside them to kind of give them the old "What is wrong with you?" And you, they, I, they know you're there, and you're kind of doing one of these, but they just they got the ten and two, and they stare straight, and there's no <laughs> moving their head. It's almost like. They're wearing um, like a neck brace that they can't – There's no. I cannot look anywhere else. I have to just stay straight. And Well, would you look if you were that person? Yeah. I start a lot of fights, <laughs> man. But, but anyways, um, we start every podcast off with a question and today we didn't do it. No, yeah. So, so that's the whole that consistency be the next one. Yeah. thing. So. Yeah. Before we go, is the question for the guest? Is that what? Yes. It's, yeah, question Ooh. for you. Yeah. So okay. growing up, okay, what was the first piece of technology that that you you know interacted with, whether it's a video game, computer? First piece of technology I've ever interacted with. Well, advanced technology. It's a, it's That's not like, say like I don't know because I know that our question last time was what was your first computer, but Soph has found out that someone else is doing that on their podcast. Yes. But I don't care about that other person. Shout out and to Phil. Is whoa, it, is, whoa, it Phil's, uh, yeah. is it Phil's podcast? Yes. Oh, okay. So never mind. I didn't say that. I'll edit that out later. Just <laughs> yeah, don't listen to that podcast. Yeah, it's not yeah. good anyways. I don't know. It's a great podcast. <laughs> yeah. And I, I've never heard it. So It's really good. But I don't know where I'll I can. Put it, I'll post it in the links. Shout out, Phil. It's an interesting question. So what was my first piece of technology? Jesus, dates me back, man. Don't start. Um, <laughs> well, dating back's not that much at all. I'm only 30, so yeah. um, 31. But you got to think. Well, not a cell phone. Wasn't a cell Probably phone. Probably a video game. TV doesn't really count because that's not really. That's yeah, like that's now. why the question's weird to me. Like yeah. computer or video game system is great. Okay, let's go but, with that. But like a electric razor, does that count? A humidifier? Yeah. Like, well, is it a connected device? Is it connected no. to the internet? For, yeah, no. I guess the first piece of technology that I ever got a hold of, if we're going to go down to video game or Tamagotchi. Is, oh, I had Tamagotchi, man. <laughs> my <laughs> kids so many times. just bought those yes. things. They're annoying. They're annoying as hell. Um, yeah. the, my sister wanted one, so I had to get one too. She had it, so I wanted to get it, and it was just the most pointless thing ever. But um, first piece of technology that I ever interacted with, I remember going to um, my grandma's place, and her, one of her kids, um, I can't remember who he was, her Your relation uncle to her. or aunt? No, it was <laughs> it was my it was my grandma and it was his aunt, so it was his uh, her son, so my cousin. 
um, he had a Sega Genesis, and it was Altered Beasts. That game is fire. Nice. That game was the absolute best. Uh, I got Axe a Sega Genesis as sick. a result, and I could never find it. Could never find all because I didn't remember the name. I just remember seeing it all the time. And oh yeah, <laughs> I remember, Sega Genesis. Yeah, but the Sega Genesis was my first, and I loved my Sega, dude. Sonic. Yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog, so dude. Yep. Oh, what was your man. first computer, though? Sorry, Phil. I'm sure that you have an amazing podcast, but I never heard it, so I can ask this question all I want. <laughs> what was your first computer, though? First computer. I don't even remember. Com- I don't know computer models that well. So. So you're. You're I'm not. I'm not new. really techie on that aspect of it. First computer, it was a tower. It had a monitor. <laughs> like, there was a keyboard. <laughs> had a keyboard. I didn't really get super tech. Even now, like I don't even. What I'm was not, the first version of Windows that you used? Oh, first one was a first version of Windows that I used yeah. was 95. Nice. Yeah. Is that your favorite? No, I. I think I said 95 by by accident. It's 98 because yeah. I had it for. <laughs> I had it when I was working at Infotech the first time. I was still using Windows 98 because I just had old technology. But, uh, yeah. Did you ever use ME? ME? No. Well, yeah, no I don't even know what ME is. Vista? Vista? Yeah, Vista I did. Oh, you, yeah. you almost skipped it all. Yeah. Yeah, ME was the, um, was oh, the, the Super Mario. Edition? It was the Super Mario 2 of the <laughs> Super Mario games. But um, And now, do you play? Do you still play video games? Every once in a while, I do. I haven't upgraded it. I have a PS3 that I still live and die by. And Fight Night Round 3, my go-to game. game, man. Great game. Great game. I always recreate a new fighter every once in a while. Right now, my guy's name is Tyree. And, like, Tyree is destroying it in middleweight. Tyree. Like, yeah, I'm 34-0. and 0. My guy's wow. stats are unreal. Philly Shell. Have you moved up from easy yet? Or? Oh, bro, get on <laughs> oh. it. Trust me, I will destroy you. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, like, there's, uh, there's a lot of... People here that play, they'll play Fortnite together. And I don't know what it is. Like, I try to play. I'm I'm good at video games. At least I thought I was back in the day. Um, like, Gears of War, I will destroy any one of you at that game. Uh, at any one of them. Fortnite, I, you, you drop in. I don't know if you played, but you drop in. And you got to run and get a gun or a weapon or whatever. And then it's on. It's like a battle royale. But Fortnite's the one where you have to build. I can't you do can build. build. You can. You don't have to build, but you can build. And but if you want to win, you're going to build because you want shields and all that. I can't. Yeah, I, I can do the shooting even part. I can't make do it this. to the gun before <laughs> these kids are headshotting me, and I'm like, what in the world? This one kid, I don't know how old he would have been, probably eight or nine, would build things around me, and I couldn't even move. I would break through <laughs> them. He'd build another thing, and I'm like, this kid. Like, if I had a headset on, I would say some mean stuff to this child, and I don't care. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm playing this with my, my my daughters are there, and I'm trying to be the cool dad, and I am absolutely getting destroyed at this game. So, yeah, I don't play uh, any video games anymore. No, it just <laughs> killed it for you. It killed it for yeah, me. Yeah, one game I spent way too much time on was Skyrim. Yes. yes, Skyrim. I spent way too much time on, and there was a point in my life where I was like, I am literally more worried about my guy evolving on like his warrior trait <laughs> than than me like doing well in school. So yeah, I'm like, like you eating. Know what? Like, yeah, there, there was a time I played Final Fantasy VII, which is the best one of them best, all. Best, best one of all time. Okay, so you know when you're walking through things, they had the little red arrow in the. Yeah. In the it was so bad that I played for so long that I my friends like made me go out to this after party that they were going to. 
And I all I could see out of the corner of my eyes with my <laughs> peripheral vision, which you can use in London, uh, all I could see was the red arrows because I had played for so long. That is the best Final Fantasy. Great Final game. Fantasy 2 and then Final Fantasy 7. 8 was close. 10 is awful. Be- 7 is all time. They made a movie about it. Yeah, Advent Children. Yeah, I think it was called. Yeah. So good. Oh man, that's like the Last of Us. Last Pop- of Us, dude. The Last Second of one's Us. one's coming out. My buddy of mine was like, "I want you to play this game for literally the emotional impact it's going to have <laughs> on your life." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "The best screenplay ever." I'm like, "It's a video game. It's a I- movie." Yeah, it's, it is. It's it's a movie. Um, it's a movie. It's Wolverine. Wolverine told you the the recent one where like Hugh Jackman's all like, "Oh, I'm dying, and I'm Wolverine. I'm not supposed to die." Literally ripped off the entire script. Well, here's the thing: is the second one's coming out. But what's the main character's name in that uh, Last of Us game? You remember? I know the little girl's name. Do you remember the main character's name though? Mm. Yeah, it's it's Joel. I was gonna say Joel. Yeah, I was gonna say Joel. <laughs> so it had a be- even more of an effect on me because it's me. It's your name. I'm that character. Yeah. But yeah, um, number two is coming out uh, shortly. It will be the only other game that I will probably buy for for the rest of my life other than uh if they remake the, final fantasy 7 yeah uh also if they um remake some really classic games like Hubert into something that's exciting which has never happened you can never like tetris keystone capers would be great oh banjo and kazooie that'd be great to have again Ooh. so they may remake spyro yo spyro's fire yes and yeah. he spits fire zelda Yep. They've they've done a bunch. But anyways, so yeah, we're we're over time um by about uh 4 hours because it took us 3 <laughs> to figure out how to freaking record. Why don't laptops come with a mic port? I know, it's I had to like go all the way to my place without headphone jacks anymore. Yeah, thanks Apple. I still I still support you though cuz I can't <laughs> I can't stand Android. I don't understand. I'm too old. Anyways, okay. Thank you so much for for being here. Soph, thank you so much for speaking up this time. Thank you for yeah. bringing a microphone and Hubert for the mixer for yeah. having me have a microphone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause sharing a mic is just an awkward, weird experience. Yes. Yeah. No, I want to say thank you guys for having me on your show. This has been fun. I love it. Yeah. Always a blast to come on this show. Yeah. So yeah. So, and it recorded this time. Yeah. And it recorded. Well, hopefully, hopefully oh. unless your laptop dies, but um, yeah. So uh, next week, uh, special guest, Will be uh, a gentleman. Hey, <laughs> very much so. Will be uh, a gentleman who works at our, our local pizza shop, and he is from Bath, uh, England, and uh, probably doesn't know a whole lot about technology. So it'll be funny to listen to him talk about it because everything he says is funny, yeah. not just because he has an accent, but yeah, he's a funny he's, guy. He's so guy. yeah, thanks so much, and uh, um, we really appreciate you guys listening and supporting. Until next week. Oh, oh, one more thing. I forgot. A couple people have asked me about the intro music um, and said that they really liked it. And uh, fun fact, uh, Soph is the one who made those beats years and years ago. Yeah, I think it was 2014 that, that had, was made. I've had two people say, yo, what's that uh, intro song? It's dope. Cool. So there That's you go. Maybe know. two people. Two, hey, two people out of, a po- out. out of a podcast that we thought would only have one person listening. Yeah. Well, now, and now we have two. Well, we have hundreds. <laughs> and it's all it's worldwide. Australia is it's a true. listener. Yeah. Um, the Shout United States, 27%. Yeah. So, Australia, I think, was only 2%. So it's probably one person. 
Shout out to that one person. It could have been a koala bear. <laughs> or a kangaroo. But anyways, till next time. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>